This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. At least you better be. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mostly Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn it, Damien. All right, buddies, we're back this week with a slightly different kind of episode for you guys because, uh, well, unfortunately, I had a couple interviews fall through, and rather than skipping a week, I decided that I would take some older interviews and repurpose them for the podcast. Uh, now, both of the interviews we have today uh, with the lovely ladies from Larkin Poe, as well as Jesse Hughes from Eagles of Death Metal. Both these interviews have been published on YouTube in uh, their original video form, but I found that uh, we have a completely different audience between YouTube and the podcast, so why not uh, share these interviews that you may have missed uh, in a slightly different format that you can listen to while, you know, avoiding your, your job or uh, working out on the treadmill or riding your bicycle. I don't know. I don't know how you guys listen to this. So, uh, But up first, we're going to have a fun little chat with the lovely ladies, uh, the Lovell sisters, Megan and Rebecca, uh, a.k.a. Larkin Poe. This was done back in April of 2016. Uh, the ladies were on tour uh, as both the opening act and the backup band for Elvis Costello. Now, I met up with the ladies backstage at the Paramount Theater. We chatted about their early careers, um, what it's like to work with Elvis Costello, and how they're managing this wild, wild ride they are on. Uh, before we get to that chat, let's take a listen to their new single. It's called Trouble in Mind. It's from their new record, Reskinned. It's out now. So uh, let's uh, take a little listen, buddies, and then uh, stay tuned for that interview.
I've had a lot of coffee, so excuse me if I start <laughs> rambling and Woo! stuttering. So I'm hanging out with Larkin Poe backstage, Paramount Theater, here in Denver. How are you ladies? We're doing good. Hell yeah. Doing we're feeling good. awake, we're feeling ready for the show. Yeah. Where were you last night? We were actually in, we had an off day yesterday, we had a 12 hour drive to knock out yesterday. We were in, our last show was in Tucson, Arizona. That's right. Jesus. Yeah. It's a drive. But you're here, you're ready. We're ready to go. We're ready. gonna have a good time. Yeah. Um, congratulations on everything, by the way, too. Thank you, guys have you been so doing much. So great. I caught you guys, or I'm gonna say guys a hundred times because I'm from the Midwest. You know that's what we do. We'll take um, it. Ladies, congratulations on everything. You were just on like Conan O'Brien. We were. Yeah, just a few days ago. Which like, feels very surreal. It's funny. We um we did not know ahead of time that we were going to perform on the show. We literally found out the night before. Um, they came and we got a call and EC passed us the phone and was like, do you want to play on Conan? We had an artist cancel. And so literally 12 hours later, we're waking up to go to the studio what? to film our segment. And we were so glad that they needed it to be stripped back. And we've been kind of doing a stripped back duo okay. show. And it, it went really well. Cool. Everybody yeah. was so welcoming and friendly. What did he smell like? Because he's one of my idols. You know, I did not have a distinctive odor. Okay. He didn't, well, but he was carrying around like a 1950s Buddy Hyle, like Holly style Stratocaster. Nice. Which did you guys play with him at all? We well, we didn't jam per se, but there's some really great photos of us where he has my yeah, guitar I saw those. on, yeah. and it's he's so tall, yeah. it's like absurdly <laughs> high. So he seems like a very chill dude. Well, and and so you guys have been getting a lot of success lately. But you guys have been doing this since we were like wee little little ladies. Yeah. Does it feel like it's all coming very quickly, or does it feel like it's been a long, um, a long road to where you are now? I think it's been a long road. You know, we started out playing mm -hmm. classical music when she was three and I was four. We kind of broke out away from classical music into more roots music, mm -hmm. and then from there we have started writing our own songs, and so we've been getting a little bit more rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's been a long time coming, but but a lot of exciting things are happening for us. So it kind of feels like a flip yeah. has been switched. Yeah, a little well, bit. I mean, there's like the ten thousand hours theory. I think where you, I don't think generally speaking, you can have luck or you can have little moments of pure inspiration where good things happen, just kind of like combustion, you know. But I think generally the good things in life are the things that take time and commitment. And showing up every day, and we, we have we're showed up. We're kind of a bit of a throwback band. Like mm -hmm. we've been, you know, touring kind of from the ground up instead of like so many times now that you can have like a viral video, and that's how somebody finds success, or you go on The Voice or mm -hmm. something like that. And it's kind of a little bit more of a concocted success. We've definitely been working yeah, been for a long growing time, growing into growing into the shoes that now we're getting to wear. That hopefully will do some really nice things for us. How does it feel to have all this hard work paying off? It feels really good. I mean, it's I think so it's good. easy sometimes when you're in your world to like feel like, yeah. am I not based in reality? Do I need to quit? Like, do I not have what it takes? Like, I think as an artist, especially when you're being really, you need to be really hard on your art and you need to be the person that is that quality control. Where you're like, I need to make sure this song is right. That I think you do start to, to question yourself. So to have little, little things that shift and kind of give you this little tiny thumbs up, like Conan going like, that fucking ruled. That felt really good, yeah. you know? It was nice. Yeah. And does it feel like work still after all these years? There are parts of the job yeah. that feel like yeah. work, but the music part isn't. No. I mean, like going up on stage with Elvis Costello doesn't feel like a job. No. No, no, I mean, I think it takes the, the discipline to show up every day and make yourself mm -hmm. practice even if you don't want to. And there are days when I don't feel like writing songs. You know, I've always got and just be like, I would love to just like go for a hike or not even touch a guitar today, but I committed to this and I love it. And then you start, you kind of like get into it and, and it pulls you right back yeah. in. So there is this give and this take that I think is important. And so how do you keep finding and tapping into that love that you have for this? Listening to new music for me. We were actually just, or listening to old music. We were just talking with, with Elvis old about, music. about Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and all these nice. old blues recordings that are so classic and being able to, to look at art and music that other people in the world have created and see that it comes from a really spiritual, soulful place. That for me is what like really gets me ready and raring to go and yeah. make music, makes me super excited. That, that reminds me, Stephen King once said that uh, he's not so much a writer as he is a conduit for the universe, and what you, what you ah, said kind of reminds me a, of that. That's a cool way to say it, go Stephen yeah. King. He, there's actually some really great quotes by him. I'll send you one. But does it feel that way for you, like you're just tapping into this bigger thing for you ladies? On a good day. On a good day, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're if you've shown up and you're open and you're and you're ready for it, sometimes like you'll get those little easy songs yeah. that you don't feel like you were, like you didn't work for them, you didn't strive for them. They just kind of happened, and those are the ones that you feel like maybe you were lightning rod. 
like Elvis Costello um, plays Every Day I Write the Book, you know, mm -hmm. and he said that he kind of hates that song because it came so easily and it was just a hit. He's <laughs> like, I hate that song because of it. What, and what's, I mean, what's it like to be with him each and every night on these tours? Oh, it's like, never boring. I can't imagine. Oh, it's never boring. He, um, he is one of the more impatient artists that we've ever met in terms of like, all right, we did that once. Let's do something fresh. Let's keep it real and go for things that we haven't. So we'll be on stage in the middle of the set and he'll throw a song we haven't done before. And there's something about that that really takes balls, you know, <laughs> especially for somebody who's been doing it for as long as he's been doing it, to, to also have the faith in us to show up and, and go there with him. It's, it's really neat. Yeah. What do you guys learn from being around you know, such a seasoned veteran? I hate to call so him old, much. but I mean, let's face it. <laughs> so, so much. I mean, old is good. Yeah. I think old is, means you've been able to withstand the currents of time, like, and he's still floating on the surface. Like, His ability to recreate himself over and over absolutely. is very inspiring. I think for us, and, and we've taken a page out of that book mm -hmm. with trying to, trying to recreate, not make the same thing over and over. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys see yourselves having a long and successful buried career like he does? That's what oh, we man. would love to That's have. what we want. Yeah. We I don't see it. We don't want it. That's kind of you. We don't want to be a flash in the pan, for sure. I don't think that we we, we have been. I'm 25 or 26. We've been doing it for a decade already. So already at this you're point, 25 or 26. I said I said I'm 25. You're 26. I'm 26. Did I say I'm 25 and 26? <laughs> I'm ageless. I also have a shitty memory apparently. Um, you no, hit that but point, I, you hit that point where you're subtracting. I'm like I was born in this exactly. year. It's this year. Exactly. That old? Yeah. Well, no, I just had my birthday in January. I should remember. Um, but I feel like we, we have been doing it for so long already that it's, it's the kind of thing that I can see us doing for a lifetime. Yeah. I can see myself doing it for a lifetime and never getting bored. And so what do you learn in the quiet moments of hanging out with you know, EC and his, his crew and um, that you're going to apply to the future of your career? Like, are there quiet moments on this Rarely. This everyone is booking it. On this yeah. run, go, go, there's go. so yeah. much to do. I mean, when, have you seen the set upstairs? Yeah. Like they oh, have yeah, to set it up and tear it down every day. So everyone's constantly going. But with EC, I would say that even in the midst of like a busy day, we just sat at the table upstairs and watched like some little YouTube videos of footage, you know, of stuff that's inspiring. That, I think, not letting the fire go out. Yeah. Cool. And where do you find that fire? There's, there's probably somebody out there listening to this that wants to buy, to channel their own fire, their own energy. How do you, how do you find that fire? I would go on a YouTube rampage. <laughs> I would just start Googling artists that are inspiring and, and following all right. like the little branchings out from that one, that one seed. Don't just listen to artists you know or songs that you know. Like Be willing to listen through records that you don't know, through artists that you're not familiar with. Because Oftentimes you'll listen to something and be like, Bleh, I hate it. But then like three lessons later, it's your favorite thing in the world. I'm about to go. We're about to be home for two weeks before we go again. We're going to be over in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm about to go on a, I think I'm going to watch a music documentary every day that we're I home, love that. That's which a great idea. It's a, like documentaries are a great way to learn about an artist. Like mm -hmm. sometimes it can be daunting to like look at music history as a whole and be like, where do I even start? Right. But I think it like documentaries are a good way to learn about one, one person. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. And I, I work, and when I say a very little bit, I work a very, very little bit with my friend's organization, Girls That Rock. Mm -hmm. You two are Girls That Rock. Um, and and they're, they're teaching empowerment through music and whatnot. And um, I, I see you two as being somewhat of role models for women of that group. Who are your role models? Who taught you that you could do anything and do it all? That was definitely our folks. Um, our parents, actually, they started the process very young. They built a house from scratch. And like our dad's a doctor and our mother was an occupational therapist. And they, uh, they decided they were going to build a house one day and just literally started buying books and tools. Did it. Our dad bought like a backhoe and a tractor and maintenance them himself just by like reading in books. And I think that kind of a do-it-yourselfer mentality yeah. applied to everything in life is huge. But musically, I would say, I would say that our women like Bonnie Raitt would be yeah, one. Like, yeah. Bonnie's huge. Joan Jett is a huge rocker. Like there are, there are ladies out there that, that rock. It's just not as many, like without a whole lot of visibility. And so I think we, we hate the phrase rock like the boys or play right, like right. the boys. Because it should but, be play like a good human. Like a yeah. good human plays rock music. Do but that. But still there is that discrepancy a bit that, mm -hmm. that we would love to be role models that yeah. women can be as just as rocking as men can in the music industry. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you position yourself to be that role model? Um, do you have any idea? Have you even thought about that? Well, one, I think it's, it's very, it starts with the core with 
what shoes you choose to wear, how you choose to style yourself, how you choose the language and a good posture, how you how you speak about yourself. Like I think the distinction for us, because we used to be very willy-nilly about what we'd say in interviews and saying like, yeah, put like the boys. And it's like, actually that really doesn't apply. And being willing to change your views as you become more educated to like know how to speak intelligently about what you're trying to achieve. Um, I would say keeping doing what we're doing yeah. and, and staying at home and practicing we and do, then going on We stage. actually do have a lot of families, parents come up to us after the show and say, oh, I'm going to play this for my, my little yeah. girls. I'd really love them to be like you, which is so, well, one, it's flattering and really heartwarming. But we, we like that. We, yeah. We'd like to be role models. Absolutely. Nice. And so, so there's, let's imagine that kid who's sitting on the couch, like, how do I get up and just start playing? Beyond the obvious statement, just start playing. Do you have any advice for those kids who want to get up and get up off the couch? Yeah, um, one, go to situations that make you fear, feel uncomfortable. You have to do it. Yeah. Even if you don't want to do it, you have to put yourself in positions where you can learn. Like the first time we played with Elvis Costello was nerve-wracking. <laughs> right. It was, we were so nervous, but that's the only way you can learn. I would say also just be okay with being bad at something. Yeah. Because for me, like, I, I'm, I'm still learning how to play the guitar with a damn. And that's true. Like, honestly, I, with Megan on stage playing the slide guitar, it's very effortless and she just shreds. And I still, I'm learning how to shred on electric guitar because it's still pretty new for me. And I've been amazed at how long it's taken me to learn because I didn't want to be bad at something. I was very proud and didn't want people to see my weaknesses. Therefore, you don't go for things or you don't, you don't open up and show your badness. And you have to do that in order to get good. Which is... Going back to the make yourself uncomfortable, make yourself uncomfortable. fall on your face, and you'll... Just do it. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody's really watching you anyway. They're all busy being worried about how bad they are at right. something. And, well, and if anybody's watching them anyway. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're all... I won't ramble too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, for me, like, I, I like to tell people it's just that first step. Like, even if it's a bad one, like, it's what the Hobbit quote, uh, journey starts with a single with step. Single I'm, step. I'm, butchering it but I can't believe that I'm sitting here talking to you two because five six years ago I was like I'm gonna start interviewing bands and here we are that's awesome <laughs> and I don't know where to go with that but is there is anything it we had a really... moment we had a touching moment yeah. between the three of us it was we really did. moving we have it no. <laughs> and so and so what do you guys what are some of the more memorable steps you've taken along the way like are there any like moments you can pinpoint I'm like that's where my life changed mm. Sorry to throw that weird zinger out no, there. No, no, I like it. Um, I would say when I listened to Jeff Buckley, that was a big one for me. Listening nice. to an artist that really moved me. Yeah. And that kind of shifted my, um, I think, my, my worldview. You guys have been playing since you were like three and four, yeah, right? Yeah, we have yeah. been. Any, uh, we'll come back to you, but it, was there any hesitation or pushback? From our folks? Or from you? We're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's like any kid. Yeah. Like, you don't want to... I don't want to learn to read. I'm bored with learning. I'd rather play a video game. You have to learn to read, you know? <laughs> like, you have, to, you have to learn skills. And I think we were lucky to have folks that, that did push us. And it wasn't like cracking the whip or they wanted us to be superstars. They wanted us to be musical prodigies. They just wanted us to be able to enjoy music and express ourselves with art. So I think, of course, we had mother chasing us around the piano, like, get down and sit, you know? <laughs> but then, then we started taking responsibility for, us, for ourselves and, and we loved it. Nice. Yeah. I, I had a friend who uh, lived for a little bit in Central America. His mm -hmm. parents were teaching English or missionaries, I forget what. But he's rusty at it, but he speaks Spanish fluently. Oh. And for somebody like yourselves, where you were immersed in so much music, is it like a language to you, like second nature? Definitely. Yeah. I, think, I think music is a language, and it's, it's a mm -hmm. language that can be understood worldwide. Mm -hmm. But that's part of what I love is um, within within music, the language of music, I think that there, there are artists that have different accents. Mm -hmm. And um, learning it, like we played with Conor Oberst and we played with, you know, well, Elvis, and, and just learning how to mesh with those people is so fun. Like, they're, they're specific niche within a, uh, within yeah. a language. Nice, nice, nice. Did you come up with a pinpointed moment? Pinpointed moment, oh. It's okay. There's been oh. so many. Yeah. That's the thing, there have been so many. That's cool. It's, but it all starts with that one first step. One little step. first step. That's, yeah. to do. That's the message out there, folks. Just, just take the first step. Yes. Uh oh. 
Hey Toasty, what's up? What time what time do we have? What time do we have, dude? Thirty-five minutes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let's see. Before we get back in there. Oh, cool. So you two are from Atlanta, Georgia, or yeah. that area. Mm -hmm. I'm from the South as well. I've lived in the Midwest almost as much as I lived in the South. And I found that you you can take a boy out of the South, but you can't take the South out of the boy. Oh, yeah. Um, how, how much does the South follow you around everywhere? I mean, oh, it's, it's totally ingrained. I think um, being Southern really defines our perspective on the world, and we like that about it. Nice. Like being raised by you know, really hospitable people and there is this sort of gentility thing that exists that is very comforting. I, I really like being Southern. I'm proud of it. Nice. And since you've traveled all over the world for extended amounts of time, what makes a place home nowadays? Hmm. That's funny. What truly makes, makes a place home is the people. Like, the, probably the, the hardest thing, well, no, definitely the, definitely hardest, the hardest thing, about, thing. Tr about touring is you just have to say bye to people. Yeah, goodbye, yeah. and that's hard. And so, but really, like, like for instance, our, our 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 mom and our sister and our little brother happened to be in California. They were up north, um, when we were doing Conan. So yeah. we called them. We were like, "Guess what? You have to come down." So they drove the six hours down, and it just like and it made felt it so like much better. it didn't feel like <laughs> home. All, it is true. It's the people. Cause, I mean, because you can really you can go anywhere. The world is the same the world round. You know, to to a greater and lesser degree. Yeah. What do, you, what do you learn about yourselves when you're traveling all around the world? Oh, you learn so much. I think it's really good to travel. I think it's good to learn how to be uncomfortable and out of your element. Because I think, you know, you kind of cultivate this sense of, of homeness and you know where your store is and the <laughs> restaurant you like. And being thrust out of that, I think, is very good for your brain. Mm -hmm. yeah. what, what makes you uncomfortable now? In terms of traveling? In terms of life, the universe, and everything. What makes us uncomfortable? What, 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 what uh, mountain are you going to tackle next of uncomfortableness? I would still say, for me, it exists with the music wholly. Oh. Um, writing that next song, being willing to sit down and be vulnerable again, and see if you can write a song that says something good. But this year is, is a little bit different for us so far. We've got a, a great team of people behind us. We've got you know our management now set, and Universal just picked up the album over in Europe. So, so I think that we are going to be tackling some challenges that we've, That's that true. we've never tackled before like supporting a song at radio and well even going on on Conan like doing a, a late night TV spot as Larkin Poe we'd never done that and that was very nerve-wracking and then you do just the concern of being like are we ready for this is this the time like should we do it and then you show up and you you do you do what you do and be yourself and it's fine nice <laughs> and so you guys have two ladies two weeks coming up off what are you gonna do? Are you gonna see each other or just avoid each other? Like we're not gonna, we can't avoid each other. <laughs> no, we can't because our we share, we share family. family. Yeah. Um, but no, we're gonna be doing a lot of rehearsals, getting mm -hmm. ready for the tour. We're gonna be doing a lot of big festivals this summer, so we, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what do you do in your quiet time now? When you when those rare moments come that you have it. Um, we're both into a little bit of yoga. I like to hike a lot, like camping and hiking and, and reading. We love to read. Reading is a big what you one. What right now? Right now, I actually just started a new Steinbeck novel, which I'm stoked about. Nice. Which one? Red Pony. I'm rereading. I read it like our mother read it to us when we were little kids. And I remember it being, I remember hating it, which is actually kind of why I want to reread it. Nice. We're also, we have a lot of really long drives this mm -hmm. trip. Um, so we've, we're listening to an audiobook, Reemdee. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's interesting book. I, don't even, I can't remember the name of the author right now. Yeah. Skip up. We'll look it up. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else? You want to plug before That's we get out of here? That's great. Um, just, the, just the new album, and we hope yeah. people come and follow. Is... Oh, the Reskinned, new end, and yeah. it's coming out this um, Friday. Yeah, the fifteenth. Yeah, the fifteenth. Yes. We're really excited, and so people should definitely come and follow us on social media. I think. Um, I think a lot of times people underestimate the power that they can have on social media for an artist that they like. If mm -hmm. you go and you you click like, other like promoters come and see how many likes are on your social media stuff, and yeah, and just we enjoy nice. it. We enjoy the yeah. connection with people. It's really great, yeah. and people have an people have an impact on us and you know our future. And on your social media, you have really great covers. Ah, thank you. What's the next cover, or can you tell it's a secret? You know, actually, we haven't picked one yet. We yeah. have a lot of suggestions though. A lot of people are wanting some. We've had requests for Almond Brothers. We've had requests for um, Doobie. We had somebody request a Doobie Brothers song. Bits and pieces. There's a song at the Knights that 
the night the lights went out in Georgia. Ooh. I think it's ready for a uh, a new cover, a the comeback. Lights, the light went out yeah, in it's, Georgia. Um, you know the artist? I can't remember. Bonnie Raitt, I think, covered it. Okay, we'll find it. That sounds great. But the great. original, Vicki Lawrence. Vicki Lawrence Vicky did the Lawrence. original. Okay. Yeah. And it's incredible, and I think it's ready for comeback and no one will listen to me so maybe i'll tweet it at you all right do it please do it please it's great what well, thank you for doing this yeah, this was so much fun thank Absolutely. you so much for chatting with me should we have a, an on-screen handshake <laughs> awesome cool all right thank you to level sisters megan and rebecca for hanging out and chatting with me they're younger ladies but already old pros at this game uh damn good show that night at the paramount theater and uh as and as we finish this interview um i'd hope to kind of catch a glimpse of elvis costello hanging out backstage wouldn't you i mean i know i did and uh but they knew what was going on they knew it was up and they they uh rebecca made sure to walk me out of the backstage area but luckily for me they had um, there had been some kind of snafu. Something happened. Something magical happened, buddies. Uh, we were supposed to have uh, photo passes so we could take photos of the night show. Um, and thankfully, my good buddy, Mr. Kevin Hustle, head for a heart, took some great photos of that evening. Um, they were supposed to give us photo passes. Somehow they screwed up and they gave us backstage passes. So after the show, I got to go backstage with my buddy Tom Murphy, writer for the Westward, and I got to to meet Elvis Costello. It was very, very brief, very, very quickly. And you know what? Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to post this or not. I had my, my recorder on and recorded our encounter. He was literally walking out the door like he had been chatting with us for about 10, 15 minutes with the uh, the people assembled in the backstage. And uh, me and Tom Murphy were like, no, 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 let us get photos, let us get photos. And um, I, I recorded our short little interaction. Um, it's not an interview. Elvis didn't know I recorded this. It's probably not very professional of me to post it, but um, for posterity, uh, let's take a little listen to me uh, having a little chat with Mr. Elvis Costello. Good. I wanted to tell you uh, your talk show helped inspire my talk show. So oh, really? You got one? Yeah, I got one. Great. You would hear live locally. That's good for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's thank good. You enjoying it so much? Yes, sir. It's, incredible. it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You should. Thank you. Holy, 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 holy crap. I got to meet one of my heroes, Elvis Costello. I, I still can't believe the things I got to do. I got I, Tom Murphy drove me home, and uh, I had him drop me off at a bar down the street from my house because I was just too high on life to, to make it home. Um, and I, I sent a text message to a lady friend of mine, and I was like, I'm going to conquer the world. Are you going to come with me? And, uh, of course, I spiraled out of control into a maddening depression a few weeks later. But, you know, uh, the sentiment is still there, and one day we will conquer the world, buddies. Uh, but thank you again to the Lovell sisters, Larkin Poe, Megan, and Rebecca, for making this magical night happen. Uh, they were wonderful that night at the Paramount. If you have a chance to go see this detour uh, tour, please go check it out. Elvis Costello is one of the great singer-songwriters of our lifetimes, and um, you, you really, really should check out his live show. I've seen him uh, four or five times. I've even traveled all the way to Chicago to make sure I've seen him before. Uh, the Lovell Sisters, a.k.a. Larkin Poe, they're currently out on tour right now with Paper Kites on the East Coast, and then they'll be doing another U.S. tour with Elvis Costello in October. They won't be coming near uh, Colorado, unfortunately, but uh, be, be on the lookout. They'll be back back around soon. All right, buddies, next up we have an interview with, uh, with somebody I'd like to think is my good friend, Mr. Jesse Hughes from Eagles of Death Metal. Um, this interview happened at Riot Fest 2015 in Denver, Colorado. It happened a few months before the unfortunate terror terrorist attacks that happened the Eagles of Death Metal um, in France um, that you may or may not have heard of. Um, really, really devastating news that took the life of their merch guy. And um, we had originally talked about the next time they were going to come through Denver, I would get a chance to interview Jesse, do a little bit longer version of it. But, you know, uh, because of those incidences, Jesse's not really doing any interviews right now. Um, and that's okay. That's totally fine. But I thought this was a really, 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 really great chat with Jesse. Very, very... Um, I wasn't even sure it was going to happen. What happened is the interview kept getting rescheduled throughout the day. And then he magically showed up at the press tent while I was off watching some other band play. I think I was watching Pup, and I came back from watching Pup. And um, there was Jesse Hughes, and he's like, hey, you want to go do this interview? Well, I'm tired of hanging out in this PR tent. Let's go back to my tour bus, drink some beer. So uh, my photographer friend Jackie, my good friend Kevin Hustle, who videotaped the other interview with Larkin Poe, and uh, his dear friends and us, we jumped on a uh, – Jumped on a little little uh, cart, drove to the Eagles of Death Metal bus, and we hung out 
and chat and shot the shit. And Jesse was a real sweet, wonderful guy. Um, and it was I, I was just blown away at how how great a chat this was. And most of it was just off the cuff. Um, I had some stuff prepared, but we just really just kind of went for it. And uh, I'm really, really stoked for the outcome. And before we get into that interview, let's listen to a little track from uh, the newest Eagles of Death Metal record. Uh, that record is, of course, Zipper Down. This track is Complexity. It is the first track off that new record. And, uh, boy, is it a, it's a killer song. I don't know what else to say. Uh, so let's give a li- little listen to that, buddies, and then stay tuned for a killer interview with Jesse Hughes on the Eagles of Death Metal tour bus. All right, buddies. No, you're good. You're good. Good. Did you see the amount of sex action you were, you know, capable of getting tonight? Good dudes too. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Was that uh? That sounds good. Which one is that? Which recording device is it? It's the Zoom uh, H1. Oh, Just their basic. Zoom. I love that company. They, everything they make is great. Like it sits right here. The Matrix recording is. Yeah, it, like this is the cheapest sure, one in it. It's, it's still no, but it's perfect. still the recording is right. on. It's nuts. Yeah, I, uh, and the, the Zoom has the one with the multi-track, and it actually works. Yeah, I, it, it's just a little too big to like carry around for stuff like this. You don't ever want to be too big. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> How are you going, Jax? You ready? Cool. It's uh, it's not common that a person operating the cameras. The sort of person that would normally be in front of it. Right, I know. Um, Beauty and the Beast. No, I got it wrong. It feels like the world is upside down. I know. It's too awkward. I know. <laughs> um, but holy shit, 
Like, I'm hanging out on the bus with uh, Jesse from Eagles of Death Metal. But then again, Holy I'm shit. hanging out on the bus with you. Yeah, and then all these fine people, right? Yeah, here. my friends. Yeah. People that I, you know, I didn't have any friends when I was younger and a kid. When I find people I like or who even smile at me, it's like, I love you. You're nice to me, but even more nice. Yeah. Did you really not have friends as a kid? No, it wasn't that I didn't have friends. You know, it gets told that way. Yeah. I live, I was born in South Carolina and I lived there till I was seven. My name's Jesse Everett the fourth. I was like a little Lord Fondle boy when I came here. <laughs> I moved to Southern California in 1979 at the height of the punk rock explosion. And I was too precious and I was small, I was smaller than everyone, I had a hillbilly accent. So I immediately just got, I was different. You know, and as my dad used to say, when you're different, you get hit with rocks, so don't be different unless you like it to rock. I never held it personally, I never wanted to shoot the school. I just wanted uh, to get laid. Yeah. And girls didn't have sex with me on purpose, and that was the worst part. Were you a punk rock kid at all? I, I was a music fanatic, Yeah. but uh, I didn't dress punk rock. When I was in high school, I wore a suit and tie. I was, I was Alex P. Keaton, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's interesting. Yeah, but the punk rock kids, well... I don't, I, punk is an attitude to me. Right, the, right, way, right. the way the desert was, you know, desert rock, it was uh, dominated by SST punk rock and Frank Zappa, if you want to know the history of it. So it was Black Flag and this sort of punk is a true attitude. It wasn't about Mohawks. That's English punk. It was about flannels and all-stars, you know, yeah. and Levi's. And uh, to me, uh, Public Enemy is just as punk rock as Black Flag is just as punk rock as early Black Sabbath. It's, it's an attitude, you know, yeah. just like youth. So. I was a punk, but I was never rude. Yeah. <laughs> and you were never, were you with them at all those shows too? Did you stay I was with Joshua, I was with, yeah. and I was, you know, truth be told, I played flute. So occasionally, <laughs> with like sort of quartet, I would play. And I would go to all the parties because yeah. I loved them. You know what I mean? It was it really, it was lawlessness. I don't think it can exist again, but kids, we weren't going out into the desert with generators because we had to really was because it was a retirement community kids weren't tolerated we just wanted to get far away from our parents and if we got to a point in the desert you could see any cop coming for two quarters of a mile it was awesome hell yeah and it was beautiful girls not having sex with me on purpose <laughs> and uh really scary dudes and josh would not let anyone fuck with me do, do you remember do you remember when you lost your virginity yeah to my ex-wife oh wow I was, that's see, a, I was that's a square. A big move. I, I had a perfect. I mean, I didn't think school was lame. I, yeah. Because I didn't have a lot of social life, hanging out with my favorite hot French teacher or whatever <laughs> was the closest action I could get. But it didn't work. It didn't work out for you back then, huh? It wasn't meant to. Yeah. But I was meant to be so pent up, I could really give to women who really have just been neglected by men at large. <laughs> I feel like. That's what I was here to like help men maybe redeem themselves. I just want to give. Well, and um, so back then you were, I, I take it you were probably the shy kid. But, no, but now I, you, you know what? I, honestly, this is, was my problem. I was the kid who was ignored, but I would talk shit to the biggest yeah, yeah. jock in the world. I never really gave a fuck about awesome. that. I was so, Josh said I was so stupid I was willing to lose. And that's when Joshua really became, that's our first interaction. It wasn't so much that he just stopped me from getting picked on. It was me being like, oh. fuck you. And that's how I earned the nickname the devil. <laughs> because I would get vengeance on you, but it would be like by erasing your transcripts because I was the librarian's aide or giving you AIDS. <laughs> well, one of my favorite things about you and the band. Not really, living AIDS, like, So, So the attitude that you have, this. You're not playing a character, this is really you. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it may have been rough for me at a point, but that ain't anyone's fault. I got married, I was, had a, I'm the only dude I know whose child was born truly legitimately. We were married before we got pregnant. Nice. Well, and when I, 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 you know, I used to weigh like 275 pounds, big old redneck, and when I went through my divorce, I did the typical thing. If I served you, Lord, and here, this is how you repay me, so I did the worst drug I could think of. I, my friend Cherish, who I wrote Cherry Cola about, she showed up and did, this is when rock and roll came to me. It was like being a werewolf my whole life and not seeing my first full moon until I was 35. You know what I mean? She showed up and went, honey, you're going through a divorce. I'm gonna give you a blowjob. Like, <laughs> and that's when I discovered that even the worst blowjob is amazing. Yeah. It sucks, but that's the mystical reality of the blowjob. Yeah. 
and I lost a bunch of weight, and I wrote the first record in a week as a joke to Josh, and here I am. It's like Cinderella. Uh, one of the you you can't let me get my words right. Um, so one of the things I like to talk to people about is getting up off the couch and making stuff happen, and that's essentially what you did while you were going through the divorce. But I benefit from having a good family, and I think this is important to note. So does Joshua. I was raised with a very unique ethic. I've always been successful in anything I've done to a certain degree because no one's going to give you anything, and you have to make your own luck, and you have to raise yourself up, and you have to earn every bit of respect you demand. You know what I mean? You can't you can't demand respect. You have to earn it. You have to invest in people. I come from a business family. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate. So when I got to rock and roll, I didn't start early. I didn't. I skipped all the shit that corrupts you and degrades you and turns you into a heartless animal with a good sense of humor because you are so sick of getting, I, I skipped all that. I went and fought the bully with, you know, King Kong is my big brother going, you're ready to fight? And they're like, <laughs> but it, whatever, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Hell is, so um, I, I believe that the reason why Joshua and I are uniquely able to do business differently is because we, we don't think corporations suck. We, we think people suck. We, we don't think it's bad to sell songs to commercials. I'm doing that on purpose. Yeah. You get paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't trying to pretend like this is a Bible study. I'm a rockin', killin', rockin', rapin', rollin' maniac animal who's the horniest motherfucker you're ever gonna meet. But I love my mother and I keep my word. You know, these. I'm a devout. I'm a, I'm a, I go to church. But it's gonna be hotter in hell for me than for y'all. I can fucking guarantee you, man. I'm just not gonna believe in magic talking monkeys. That's it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned like you skipped all the corruption stuff, but I do. I skipped the rock and roll oh, corruption. Yeah. I was far corrupted by the yeah. time I got there. I was going to say, because you, you're pretty open about your uh, drug usage and whatnot. But what I feel is different is that Joshua, he afforded me the opportunity to never have to do those things okay. that most everyone has to do that yeah. makes them feel bad about themselves or, or like they sold themselves out. And you get in our show business, let me tell you right now, you sell your soul a lot, and it happens incrementally. You don't do it to, in one deal. It's an incremental... It's like wearing a virgin down. Come on, baby, please, please. <laughs> All right. That's tantamount. It's two steps away from strong-arming rape. It's not, it's not pretty, and it's bad for everyone involved. I got to skip that. That's what makes Joshua so wonderful. Yeah. I never had to lie. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, you seem so fearless, but uh, sitting here talking with you, I don't think it's fearless. I think it's confidence. My grandfather taught me to fear God more than the devil. And when you don't fear the devil as much as you fear God, you seem fearless because you're not worried about as much. (laughs) It can't hurt you. There's an answer for it. Because, you know, I mean, who like, would you be more afraid of Hitler thinking you were an asshole or your mom? Your mom. (laughs) If Hitler didn't like you, you'd be like, awesome. Will you please tell every, will you tweet that Hitler just so, you know, I can get laid? I mean, that's, it'd be like, that's really how I live my life. I don't care what an asshole thinks. People only know what you tell them, but the people who come like make it possible for me to make rock and roll the fans, I fucking love them. And I want to tell them that I've got a dick bigger than John Holmes, uh, an 11 inch tongue and I can breathe them. Whatever it is, I want them to be stoked with me, you know what I mean? Yeah. The assholes, I don't what they think. In fact, I hope they um, get herpes. <laughs> you know, right. but you know, yeah. emotional herpes, whatever it is, you know, I hope they get it. Yeah. And well, they learn something from it. To, to get herpes, they'd have to get laid, and we don't want them getting laid. We just want them getting, like, mouth herpes. I've always tried to make music that's happy VD. Like, yeah. you want to get this. <laughs> Trust me. Catch this. I don't know if I succeeded, but close. Nice. Um, can we talk about Zipper Down real quick? Sure. Um, I got a copy of it. It's fucking great. Fucking love it. Thanks. It comes out October. Yes, um, and it just sounds so easy. Does it come easy to you, Jesse? This rock and roll lifestyle? I'm not trying to sound arrogant or anything, but yeah. certain parts of it, there's a, a, an allegory to the pulling the sword from the stone. Arthur didn't know how or why. I don't know why. I, I really certainly, not anything I ever did in my life, I wanted to be a fucking Republican senator, but I really did. I mean, I wore a suit and tie. I mean, I'm a dork. I never did anything to, to be here, but that didn't matter. Certain things come real easy. Some of my best songs I've fallen asleep and woken up with in fucking dreams, like truly satanic moments. But then again, I guess it's never been a secret. My nickname's The Devil. Sing about selling my soul. 
and I'm 79 years old and look at me. <laughs> do you have a painting in the back? I was, dude, somewhere? you shut the fuck up. I was just going to say that. But I, but, no, that <laughs> means we're brothers now. <laughs> we finish each other's thoughts. Yes. Yeah. And sentences? Yes. yes. <laughs> thoughts, sentences? Um, how, how involved was Josh on this record? Any at all? He's critically involved. I think the best way to look at what Joshua is is the producer and studio drummer. He's exactly. Jimmy Miller. Jimmy Miller produced the Rolling Stones' greatest hits and played drums on Can't Always Get What You Want. But Joshua is also the something else. He's the lead singer and creator and captain of King Queens of the Stone Age, which is uh, a fleet. I feel like I have my own battleship and we get away with some crazy <laughs> antics. Some of our uh, behavior is questionable and military command thinks we're unruly. Whatever, that would be my fantasy. And I'm the captain of that ship. But I also am the uh, Admiral's brother. So it ain't fair, but whatever. So when it comes to songwriting, you do it all? I write everything. Top to the bottom? Joshua, I like the way he describes it. I bring yeah. him a big box of toys and I dump them on the table and I go, <laughs> which ones do you like? And I go, I like this one. And what he does with it is awesome. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll make, I'll give you some of my demos because I record the demos in a really highly developed demo way. Almost you could release them. I bring them to him, he obsesses on my drum beats and he gets it and because he's like great babe, he's a giant dude. Oh, yeah. He's really technically literally a giant man and when he plays drums it's so weird man. It's so great babe, it's so like Viking. It's weird. Hell yeah. Um, it's like we want to be the biggest gay couple in the world, but <laughs> we just love girls. girls. And We're going to have a reverse beard. And We're going to pretend to be gay and hide the fact oh. it'll be controversial. <laughs> and at the end, isn't it's all just the gay girls? Rock and roll? It's to hang out with each other. It's Hell to yeah. do it the way it's supposed to be. It's to... I, I, I know this sounds corny, but I believe in rock and roll. Yeah. I love it. This is the coolest job in the world. And it's given me the opportunity to do things I know a lot of people want to do. It makes me lucky. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just to get girls. <laughs> so how but do you, I think of them as ladies, yeah. of course, and my friends. Uh, what else do you want to mention about Zipper Down? I don't really have a lot to say other than it was awesome. I always wanted to be a human nipple. That explains the cover. And I like Brett, artistic Brett. Yeah. I don't know how to say it acceptable in this, in this you know, really sensitive day and age, but... I really appreciate, I think everything goes better with tits. Oh, yeah. That's obvious. That's my stab for women's rights. <laughs> and being a uh, successful businessman like you are, how hard is it to keep this uh, three-ring circus going and moving? Barnum and Bailey and the Ringling Brothers are dead, and yet their circus still survives. Yeah. So I think there is definitely something to be said. It's not that difficult. Nice. But that doesn't make it easy. And you have a documentary coming up. You know what up? I mean? Huh? Simple is sometimes simple, but simple is never easy. Complicated is hard, but it, it's always very simple. And it's simple. The people who are customer service agents who have to remember the most are normally not the brightest fucking monkeys in the space monkey program. It's just yeah. Cool. So that comes out October? Second. Second. But for you... Oh, I've already got it now. Silver looks great. That's going to be the single, right? It doesn't sound like I'm talking too much shit because I am sort of being critical of something it doesn't sound too catty no no i don't sound like a bitch because i want to pull a reverse liberace on this one, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that means it just sounds rad <laughs> hell yeah it sounds like cool. like john holmes yeah but like john you holmes. own a real estate agency and you sell the biggest properties in the valley oh my god that would john that would be awesome you and i are going to start a real let's estate do it i'm down <laughs> I don't know anything about anything, but let's do it. You guys want a beer? Yes. Beer? Sure. Man offers you a beer, you say yes. <laughs> huh? Long? Should we roll it? I was about to wrap it up anyway. Oh, here we go. You don't have any. No, wait a minute. This is not on a rock bus? No beer? That's not possible. Oh, wait. Oh. Hell. I'm going to start yeah. passing this around another. What's that? Oh, good. Oh, drinks. 
Me neither. I'll do hard street drugs, but drinking's a lot of work for a shitty guy. Do you want a Dr. Pepperman? Sure. Dr. Pepper, anyone? Chilled Dr. Pepper is the finest drink in the world. That it is. Especially when you're hungover. Oh, yeah, I thought you were cheers. I just bought this, and it's it's not a Polaroid. That's all I feel like. It's not a Polaroid. It's just really little pictures, and it doesn't develop as nicely as a Polaroid does. Dude, I love the ski pole. Without the shit. Do you want me to cut this? I was... Yeah, are we done? Yeah, Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't ever want this to end. I love talking about me. <laughs> this is pretty good. I could talk to you all day long. Uh, well, we're we'll going to continue talking. Well, yeah. And then maybe Just we should. Because I want you to be able to see the people in, in, in the other side of the lens. Can't see how beautiful the young lady is behind the camera. We really just wanted to put the camera down so we can check her out. But I'm going to try to make Something it pretend happened. like it's about something artistic or whatever, you know. Jesse, this was fun. Let's keep talking. Let's keep. Let's turn that Just off. know that this continues. Yeah. Just imagine. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hey, buddies, Jesse. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and allowing me to come on your tour bus. Special thanks to Riot Fest uh, PR lady extraordinaire, Miss Heather West, for helping to make sure that this interview with Jesse happened. And uh, thanks to my good pal and partner in crime, Jackie Batetta, for uh, tagging along and videotaping this. Um, all these uh, videos are going to be available on my YouTube page, or you can just head over to the mostlyharmlesspodcast.com website and see them over there. Um, don't forget to visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com, like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we're on Stitcher, tuned in, all those great things. Uh, send us uh, send us some email, maybe some tweet action. And uh, I should probably mention I'm throwing myself a birthday party live show Thursday, July 28th at Mutiny Information Exchange in Denver, Colorado. We're going to have free beer from our sponsors at Ratio Beer Works, ratiobeerworks.com. Uh, we're going to have some special guests, Scooter James from Pinhead Circus, Virgil Dickerson from Suburban Home and Illegal Pizza, my good buddy Jeff Allen, and probably a comedian guest in there too uh, to talk about uh, birthday birthday adventures drunken adventures and other stupid weird random stuff so uh, be on the lookout for that mostharmlesspodcast.com for more information visit our sponsors Rachel Beerworks RachelBeerworks.com alright buddies and normally we end uh, these shows by playing a track uh, another track from one of the artists that are featured but since we had two artists on the show we better play two songs right and actually if you want to get technical we had that little Elvis Costello soundbite so technically we had three artists on this jam-packed episode of Most of the Harmless Podcast man I'm so glad I put these video interviews up on as a podcast so uh, to, to start off the end of this uh, little trek here we're going to play Good play another Eagles death metal song. This is probably my favorite track off their newest record, Zipper Down. Uh, this track is Silver Lake, named after the area of Los Angeles that is hip and cool. And if you've been out there, maybe uh, maybe you can understand uh, understand what this song is all about, like I do, buddies. All right. And then in the show with, we're going to play one of my all-time favorite Elvis Costello songs. Actually, it is my all-time favorite Elvis Costello song. Uh, the, the demo for the song is one of the best recorded songs uh, ever, in my opinion. And, of course, I am talking about Blame It On Kane. This is from the Detour documentary DVD that you can pick up now on iTunes, Blu-ray, DVD. Um, and, of course, it also features the lovely ladies of Larkin Poe backing up Mr. Elvis Costello. What a way to end this episode. What a way to end it. So uh, let's go ahead and start that jam-pack uh, jam five minutes of songs buddies uh, maybe maybe more like seven minutes of songs so this is eagles of death metal Cyber lake followed by elvis costello and larkin poe doing blame it on kane all right buddies you take care now we'll see you in the funny pages It's alright, I'm gonna be
part of time I had a little money Got from my pretty stupid lobby fog Every two you still you are the only one I can't let it slip away So every man with a ticket tick Tries to take it This is what I'm gonna say Blame it all Sin with a silver cup and a money got low. We could always heat it up and trade it in. Maybe you ought to have a little wire to your purse. You could run down the way back, coast to coast, hand in hand. Have the worst curse for curse. Don't be dissatisfied. So you're not satisfied. Stronger, you tell me it's a crime. Well, I- 